Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to episode 156 of Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of, Beyond the Rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry Dugan, and in just a moment, Brandon Cunningham is going to join us as we talk with Jim Shields. Jim Shields is on a clear mission in this lifetime to deepen relationships and improve education for entrepreneur families. His popular book, The Family Board Meeting, and the strategy that goes along with it have helped parents worldwide connect with their children in fun and experiential ways. Often referred to as crazy glue for families, Jim and his wife, Jamie, are on a mission to revolutionize family life. They want to help you enjoy your family more than the average parent, balancing your success at work with your success at home. After all, you only have 18 summers to make memories with your children. So sit back and relax unless you're driving right now. Then in that case, keep your head on a swivel and stay safe as we talk with Jim about that crazy glue for families and those 18 summers and what you could do to get the most out of the summers you have left with your children. Here we go. All right, Brandon, welcome back to your own show. How have you been? I'm awesome. I'm glad to be back. Seems like it's been forever. I know. You're like the bionic man. You got like <laughs> a real, Iron Man. Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, you had heart surgery <laughs> thing going on, so uh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> now you just need like a red suit. That Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah. I was going to be Iron Man for Halloween, but I never yeah, got the Yeah, you could have pulled it off, I think, because like, oh, you're, you're about to do a Spartan race even, so... <laughs> Yeah, that would have been awesome. All right, so we didn't come to talk about your Iron Man suit that you should own and don't own in the Spartan race. We actually have Jim Shields on the show with us calling in from Florida, and he's like the guy who's got the the, the secret sauce for families, especially if you're an entrepreneur. Uh, In fact, uh, he's got the the crazy glue for families, and this is Jim calling in from Florida. How are you? Good, guys. How are you doing? Good to be here. Awesome. Now, I always love kicking off our conversations with a little, little icebreaker. And, uh, you know, some of our, our listeners know that Brandon's claim to fame with celebrities is that he's been blocked by Rob Lowe on Twitter. <laughs> wow. So we get this little mini still don't know why. <laughs> fake campaign to get Brandon unblocked. So like a lot of our friends have friended, uh, Rob Lowe on Twitter and follow him on Twitter. And every so often we'll ask Rob Lowe to consider unblocking Brandon. And Come after what, two years? Yep. Nothing. <laughs> Maybe so, we'll work it yeah. out. And we're still not blocked. So it's something about, I don't know. It's just me. <laughs> yeah. So um, I guess the question to you is, because you love to surf, um, let's say Rob Lowe does unblock Brandon and says, hey, I'll, I'll come and I'll I'll come to Corpus Christi yeah. and uh, <laughs> you know we'll catch a coffee and maybe we'll catch some waves out there on the surf. Um, what advice would you give Brandon on um, – I guess how to take Rob Lowe surfing. <laughs> that's the that's oddest cool. question yeah. ever. I think. Yeah. yeah that's like it. One. Well, I would definitely have the right equipment and the right conditions. So it's <laughs> kind of like if you're skiers, you don't want to start on a black diamond. You want to start on, you know, a green trail, um, you know, or a bunny trail. And, and you wouldn't want to start with extra long skis, but unlike that with a surfboard, you want to get a good size surfboard that's sturdy and stable and uh, and know the right way to push them into the waves. A uh, couple of lessons on shore. Keep it simple, but don't bore the hell out of them <laughs> for the first two hours of how to do it. You know, give 
give a give a little bit of a crash course, then get them out there. So that'd be my advice to you if if Rob shows up and wants to learn to surf. I'd probably just call you and say, hey, Jim, get on a plane and get over here because I have no <laughs> earthly idea what I'm doing. Sure. I have no idea what happened, but I'd say, you know, he's a nice guy, Rob. Unblock him. You know, what's the, <laughs> if hopefully that would help. That would be awesome. It's, <laughs> it'll be a weird day when he does unblock you. Like, I'm like, so were wow. you just intimidated by my look? <laughs> what is it, Rob? Then yeah. he just reblocks you after that. <laughs> exactly. Never mind. I'm out. Oh, this is why I click. <laughs> <laughs> the good thing is Jim's not an expert on Rob Lowe or blocking people on Twitter. He's got way more experience and better things than that. Yes. Uh, so we noticed your platform is really big on helping entrepreneurs connect with their families. Uh, why is that such an important um, topic to tackle? I think it's important because there's very little focus on it. There's lots of focus on the best way to market this, that, the business strategy to invest in this or that. Uh, but I just saw from a young age getting into it, there was such a disconnect between entrepreneurs being successful at work and successful at home. Mm-hmm. And way too many times did I meet people with the best intentions that had a big balance sheet. Uh, but if there was some way of keeping a balance sheet at home, they they were worse than bankrupt. Right. And and it, it ate people up and it ate the family up and it really hurt the kids the most. And from what I saw out of my own fears of me not wanting to do that and going through my own journey of my own family – I saw it didn't have to be like that. There was simple formulas and rhythms that could be set to maybe not get us the whole way there, but the old 80-20 rule, it can get you 80% of the way there. Yeah. And and there just wasn't focus given to such an important subject that really mattered to so many people. But we're we're kind of taught, especially as men, but you know, even more so as entrepreneurs, you gotta work twenty-four-seven, you gotta go all day every day and just sell out for that kind of stuff. So what kind of sparked this? I, I need to put out a different message out there that you can do both, but with balance. Yeah. And, and a friend of mine who, who practices our strategies, Dan Martell, and he's pretty popular now um, in the uh, SaaS world. And, and he, he calls it integration. And I really like that word of integrating your life with, with your work and your entrepreneur pursuits and your your family and personal life. So I call it integration. I don't even say balance anymore. So I think that's a better word uh, for it. And and what, what really did it for me was just well, a couple of things. There, there was definitely a great entrepreneurial lie and it's still out there. And you hit the nail right on the head, Brandon, where it was this badge of honor 24-7. I need to work extra hard. And you do. You know, takeoff is 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 like a rocket ship. It is the toughest part of the business taking off. You use 80% of the fuel in the first 30 seconds or whatever that rocket analogy is. And but but it doesn't have to stay like that all the time. And I think if we program our minds to look at things to say, yeah, it has to be 24-7, well then it's gonna be 24-7. And, and, and what I found was the lie of entrepreneurship is, look, I'm going to put my family on the sacrificial altar for the next five to 10 years and they'll understand. Right. And, and someday they'll understand. And the problem is they, they don't understand and someday never comes. Right. You, you have to be able to integrate now and not run up that entrepreneurial mountain so hard, so fast with the best intentions that almost like years later you stop and you look around and you, your family might not be gone. But they basically view you as a stranger right. uh, if it really comes down to it or or just as a, an ATM machine. <laughs> and neither neither one of those feel good. Uh, so with my own life, you know, going back almost a decade, I had a very significant uh, happening of, of critical that, that I went through. And to put a long story short, 
um, my father got sick and, um, I was getting married and adopting, uh, two sons. I now have four children. And in one year I was in the process of adopting my two sons and I was in the uh, approval process of donating a kidney to my father. And when you go through something of this critical uh, on the personal side, there's no way that there can't be a windshield uh, clearing, you know, almost like your windshield's been dirty. And that's what happened to me going through these two things at once was profound. Right. And, and I think it, it just brought me through such a state where it was so intense at, po- at points that I was able to see what really works, what doesn't work, what really matters and how can I help myself? And then in turn, it has now helped a lot more people. I love that concept because sometimes we think, well, I'm going to start a business and, and money is evil and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes it's doing really good stuff. All of those things that you just mentioned are good, you know, adoption and, and helping your father and, and all of that. You were doing worthwhile stuff, but it was taking the focus away from your, your family or your life building that foundation. And the fact that you saw that in the middle of it was really important because it changed your perspective. Yeah. And, and, and the integration is important. I, I was the only one of a family of five. I was the only one in the position because I'm the only entrepreneur in the family that was in the position, both space wise and financially to be able to do that with my father. Right. I was, was the only one. And I credit entrepreneurship with that. And even just, you know, integrating a family of now four children, you know, two biological, two adoptive, which makes no difference to me. The, the, the space I had to take with my sons in the beginning, you know, when you come into someone's life at the age of five and seven, it can be awkward, even if you hit it off right away. Uh, and you have to build trust and you're starting from, you know, the, the treadmill's going at a nine already, <laughs> right. you know, and, uh, and entrepreneurship gave me that space because I worked really hard, but I could also take space to spend time with them. And, um, you know, I, I, it's so important to integrate the two. It's such a cheat if you work that hard, but then you, as you said, Brandon, take that 24 seven approach and you're going, man, you've worked so hard. You've taken the risks, take some little timeouts, create some rhythms and space where you reward yourself along the way. Right. That's so vital because, you know, like you were saying early on, that that clock's ticking. You're jumping on a treadmill, especially when you're adopting at five and seven. You're five and seven years in debt from moment one. So you can't sprint and catch up. So you got to make that next 12 to whatever years before they leave the house really matter so you can build in those foundations. And I think sometimes we we really focus on what, what our dreams are and forget that the, it's a family dream. It, the goal is to build something long-lasting, not make a million dollars and then die because what's the point of that? The kids might get the money, but they don't know you. So you've yeah. lost the perspective. Yeah, and they they – what I've learned over and over and over for the majority of people, when it comes down to it, it's not all the other things and financial resource they want. They want you. Of course, you have to be able to provide. But when it comes down to it, they, they want you. And sometimes we're hard on ourselves as entrepreneurs and we think, oh, no, it's not us they really want. It's all the things that I can provide. And that's just not true. And there is a time frame. Like you said, I mean, the name of our company for a reason is 18 Summers. I love and that. And it was taught to a mentor by a mentor of mine, Joel, who was in his 70s. And he said, Jim, these talks you're doing on family are incredible. And you just remember one thing. You've got 18 summers. <laughs> Listen to nothing else. My daughters are my daughters. They're grown. We're very close. But I'm telling you, it's different. Yep. It is different. Grab those first 18 seasons. Summer was our favorite. So he said 18 summers. And I'm, 
I'm a beach guy, so we love the summertime. And and when you do that math, whether you start with your kids at zero uh, or like I started at five and seven, and when I did that math, I'm like, man, seven already gone. I missed, like yeah. you said, like I'm at a deficit where I want to make the most of this time. And I think it was a positive motivation. I almost see it as a blessing, like, you know, that I, I had to really take hold of that time and make the absolute most of it. It's almost like the concept of finding out you only have X amount of weeks or months to live. Yes. And when you look at it that way, because you think, well, 18 years is 18 years or, you know, my kid's a baby and I've got forever to catch up on some things and I hadn't spent much time with him, but eventually I'll get there. But when you put it in concept of 18 summers, you're like, wait a minute, that, that, that clock is ticking, but it's ticking fast. And like you said, you, you get in the whole seven years, you know, you miss seven summers. So there's 12 summers. Now I got to really pick up the pace at this point. And honestly, you can make millions and millions of dollars and may or may not lose it. You may or may not ever, you know, get to enjoy it for whatever reason in your life. But once those 18 summers are gone, they're gone. There's nothing you can do about that. Yeah. And let me, an interesting thing too, that's 18 summers if you're lucky. <laughs> I remember when all this was going on, when I, in 2011, I read an article, I remember it was a Saturday, I sat down, someone had forwarded it to me. And it was an interesting read because it was about a guy named Isaacson. And Isaacson's claim to fame was he was Steve Jobs' biographer. And Time Magazine did an interview with this guy because it was with Steve Jobs' final days. And the article basically said this, Steve Jobs spent his final days surrounded by close family and used the opportunity for final interviews to explain to his wife and children why he wasn't always there for them. And he went on to say, Jobs is quoting, saying, I wanted my kids to know who I was. I wasn't always there for them. And I wanted them to know why and for them to understand. And this guy Isaacson sitting there with Steve Jobs in his final days fired this question at him. And I've never forgotten this. I literally sat there in silence and he said, Steve, are you glad you had a family? Are you glad you had, you had kids? He's, and Jobs fired right back. And he said with absolute clarity, it's 10,000 times better than anything I've ever done. Wow. And when I hear that, and at first I tried to dismiss the lesson, Brandon, because I was able to say, Oh, you know what? Steve Jobs had a, a reputation for being a jerk to people. But I also know that people have told me extreme clarity comes at the end of a person's life. And I also knew that I had my own faults where I kept setting financial benchmarks or business achievement benchmarks where once I hit this, then I'll be more available. And we just don't know, even if it's not even millions, what if it's billions? Billions of dollars couldn't even get Steve Jobs to see all 18 summers of his kids' lives. Right. And for him to say, where he has the murals, where he had the candlelight vigils, that the, the, it was the simple minority that was so important to him, that was 10,000 times better than anything he ever done, that was a lesson I take with me all the time, that I talk about on stage all the time. Because it, I don't think anything puts it in better perspective than that story for me anyway. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, you know, Gary, Gary V likes to say, you know, we only dedicated like a week to when Prince died. So if Prince only gets a week, how long do you think you're going to get? You yeah. Know, people might remember you for like a day. You know, there's a couple of people that'll care a month after you're gone, but your kids, your family, that's the legacy that you're leaving. And it's either going to yeah. be one of, yeah, okay. You know, my dad invented the iPhone and he made us billions of dollars, but I didn't know him. Or it'll be, hey, for 18 summers, every summer we did this or every Friday we did this. And and your book talks a lot about these rituals, kind of the things that you need to plan out. And we talk a lot about 
like if you want to go to the gym, put down your schedule, you know, make it a plan. Don't just, Hey, I hope Friday night we can all get together and do this. You got to make a plan to get there. So how did you come up with that concept of just planning these kind of events? Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use cap show to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long form content like podcast episodes or YouTube videos into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash CapShow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Well, as you just pointed at, that which we schedule gets done. And if we think like entrepreneurs, let's, let's swim with the current, right? So what I decided a long time ago, right or wrong, but to keep me swimming with the current of the way my mindset was, my drive, I see my wife and my children as by far my most important clients and investors, by far. And, and by putting them in that position, it keeps me healthy in the business side and the personal side for me. And what I found was a mentor of mine, when I'm huge on mentors, was, Jim, rhythmize your life around your biggest priorities. And so I set a few powerful rhythms. And I'm not talking 127 rhythm that would just, you know, that, that are too hard to keep up with. I'm talking about three or four powerful rhythms that save us from ourselves, And these are things that, again, going back to almost 10 years ago, I was donating a kidney to my father. I'm adopting the two boys. I'm bringing a real estate investment company from near bankruptcy in the 08 meltdown back from the dead and reviving it and doing well again. It, it was a lot. And I didn't want to lose this time along the way. And I knew if I could set some powerful rhythms that that can make, again, it's not going to get you the whole way there, but it can get you 80% of the way there. Yeah. And so that, that was super, super important to me. And I wanted to set them for my children. I wanted to set them for my wife. And I wanted to set them together. And as I started to do this, and I started to interview so many different families, there were some principles that no one talks about that I saw bubbling up to the surface. So I just tried to use it in everything I was doing. I'm sure we'll talk about those today. Right. I, I love that concept of just, you know, whatever your most important priorities are, that's what you're going to focus on. And if yep. I told you I had an 80% chance, my, my advice is going to get you 80% of the way to a million dollars. Most people would listen to me. So, yeah. so you're basically saying the same concept. I'm going to get you at least 80% of the way or, or pretty close to that in really knowing your family and balancing your, uh, in entrepreneurial spirit and and that kind of thing. So that kind of advice is worth, you know, it's priceless. Like you were saying, it's something that at the end of your life, your kids are going to talk about with their families, maybe long after you're gone. Yeah. And that's the hope. And and I see now when, when you set these rhythms, when you, they, first of all, they save us from ourselves. They create space. You know, we're not, we don't, it, they keep us from spinning out of control or being too hyper-focused and, and, and that's it, it takes away when, – when I interviewed entrepreneurs, there were two feelings, emotions that came up all the time when they weren't keeping certain rhythms and things along the way, guilt and depression. Now, if you're constantly feeling guilty and depressed, you can't do your best work at work, and then you're feeling like you're failing at home, and it's a giant spiral. So it's almost like you're trying to just take a leisurely walk, and you've got two 45-pound plates on each shoulder. 
if you're constantly feeling guilty and depressed. And what I found, again, is a lot of that guilt and depression could be lifted by just setting a couple of things in place and sticking to them consistently. And what happens in three months, six months, a year of keeping rhythms, a lot of that sheds. And man, now you're more creative. Now you're more driven. Now you're more excited on both sides of the playing field, the personal and professional. Right. And and it's not magic. It's it's almost <laughs> like it's it's rhythms are like exercise of the relational soul, if that makes sense. Right. What are some of those uh, principles that do make that eighty percent difference in an entrepreneur's life or anybody's life for that matter? Because I'm sure there are yeah. you know people who have that corporate nine to five job that you know. Maybe they're in a manager position and it's not really nine to five. It's like seven till seven, you know, working 70 or 80 hours a week. Uh, so what are some of those principles that people can apply to have those connections with their family and have those investments made within the most important organization in their lives? Yeah, great question. Okay. One of the, the first one, which is probably one of the most simple, most overlooked and the most profound with the strongest results. And it's, it's, it's this one. It's, you have to separate the parts to strengthen the whole. If you want to have a deeper, more meaningful relationship below the surface, here's the simple answer. Get one-on-one consistently. One-on-one time is it, it takes away all distraction. It puts the magnifying glass on that individual relationship in a good way. And by doing this, it, it strengthens the whole of the family. And let me give you an example. So my wife and I, every Wednesday night from 5.30 to 8.30, I'm not available. It's date night with a question. So every night, every Wednesday, we're planning something fun. I don't even have to think about it. I just keep it on that schedule. It's Wednesday night. It's Wednesday night. It's Wednesday night. If I'm traveling, we'll have changed it weeks before. But as long as I'm home, it's Wednesday night. And we go on a date. We plan something fun. And then we ask each other one powerful question, sometimes two. And we don't have some exact system, we'll go on the internet and Google, you know, powerful questions yeah. and ask too, because we don't want to get stuck with, Oh, how's the weather? You know, <laughs> exactly. what's, what's your favorite color? Um, but this one-on-one time, my kids aren't invited. My parents aren't invited. My in-laws aren't invited. My friends aren't invited. This is our time. Right. And it's very important. And I do the same thing with my kids. As you know, my book, the family board meeting that's taken to so many entrepreneurs, I have a, 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 a one day meeting every quarter with each one of my children individually. And that one-on-one time is what creates the memories, creates the connection, gets me below the surface, makes me more vulnerable, makes them more vulnerable, and we really get to know each other. I, I learn out what they're passionate about, what they're struggling with, what they're really thriving in by having this one day a quarter with them, one-on-one. That's absolutely key. So for anyone out there that's listening to this saying, well, I need a simple starting point. Great. Get some consistent one-on-one time and see what happens three to six months later after you've been giving consistent one-on-one time with the people you're closest to. Now, I would say there's somebody listening, probably a lot of people that are going, okay, well, that's easy for you, Jim, because you probably control your schedule a little bit more. You have more free time or whatever, but you have four kids. So you have to, how do you figure out how to make this meeting happen no matter what? Well, as, as I said, Brandon, it's easy to make things happen when you view these people as your most important investors and clients. Right. So let's say our, our in, entrepreneur friends out there, they have someone that angel invested their business. They, this person wrote them a check for $100,000 to start their business. And this person you know, wants to stay in touch with you to see how it's doing. Are you going to forget to contact them? Are you going to forget to follow up with them? No, absolutely. You're going to schedule time. And again, that which we schedule gets done. These get put on my schedule um, 
just like all my most important meetings. These are non-negotiable. These are, these are meetings of importance. And some of the people out there don't even handle their own schedule anymore. In fact, the number one reason our strategies of one-on-one fail is because most of these people were so successful, they weren't even handling their own schedule anymore. So I actually had to get on the phone with their assistant and say, put this time in there, non-negotiable, they're blocked out. And it just like that, that's what reschedule gets done. It starts, starts to work. Uh, so it, it sounds almost too simple. Right. But again, the solution doesn't have to be as complicated as we've made the problem. And, and, and when people, when I say, just try consistent one-on-one time, let's set a schedule for it and see where you are. People are like, now I get it. Now I get it. Now I get it. I love that concept. We've talked about it before on the show about how, you know, if you, if you had an appointment with like, say Warren Buffett and he said, Hey, I'm, I'll meet with you once a quarter, you would never miss that meeting. You yeah. know, you would make sure you were there. You would be early. You would have questions. You would be pre- prepared. So why would somebody like that be more important than the woman or man that you married or your children, you know, exactly set those in stone and say, you can work around meet meet with you at eight 35 on Wednesday night, but not between five 30 and eight 30. That's yeah. just the way it is. And there's something that you do, Brandon, that when your kids were younger, you would actually take them on one-on-one vacations right? Uh, during the summertime or throughout the year. And then during the year, you would even have that scheduled one-on-one time with them as well. So hearing Jim talk about it, it's like, I've seen this somewhere before so like i i've seen double examples of where it works and a triple as well because i would um, for a time have that one-on-one time with my children and not as planned uh looking back i wish now i'd done that (laughs) Uh, but now we look for opportunity moments like hey my son's actually home he's probably hungry um everybody else is out but this is a good chance for me to get in there and intentionally have that one-on-one time with him and just let him be himself and share uh and in those moments i mean there's nothing extravagant either. Like, you know, with my son, it's, you know, dinner at Taco Bell, you know, it's, yeah. uh, with my daughter, it's, you know, just hanging out in her room while she's flipping through Pinterest or Instagram and, and showing funny videos to me. It, it's, uh, never has to be anything like planned out. And, and anyway, I just thought I'd mention that, you know, I've seen you do it and hearing Jim talk about it. It's like, you know, this, this works, you know, and I would say the same thing. I have five kids, so, you know, I know how hard it is. And when you're at dinner and everybody gets to talk, that one person doesn't get to talk to you one-on-one. Yeah. So that's why it was so important to do those kind of things. Yeah, Cause you know, yeah. they're like my kids, they're bickering the whole time. So how do you get to connect with them when they're arguing? I don't know if your four kids are like that or, um, yeah, yeah, there's always some vibing for attention, whether they want to admit it or not. That sibling rivalry is there, yeah. um, you know, and and just one on one time, you know, you can schedule consistently. Again, I do I do lots of family time in between, obviously, but as mm-hmm. more or a whole. But every quarter they know they have a day with me and 90 days comes pretty fast. They're still reflecting off the last one and anticipating the one coming up. Yeah. And by doing that, they never feel like, oh, I never get the attention. I never get the time. It's just a consistent pattern. Now we're eight years in that they're just so used to. Right. And I think that simple keeping that pillar every 90 days, every 90 days has been huge for us and huge for a lot of other families going. It just it grounds us and takes away. And I don't know if you guys watch the Brady Bunch's kids, but yeah. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. I mean, none of us <laughs> raise the next Jam Brady. Like everything's to Marsha and, and that it helps take all that away. Yeah. So good. I love that you pointed out that there's also family time in between those quarterly sessions. Right. So, and we're going to have somebody out there who's taking it very literally. Like I only talk to my family once every quarter. That's stupid. It's like, well, uh, 
duh. I mean, <laughs> you're going to interact with them every single day. This is like once a quarter, very prescriptive, determinant um, block of time where it's just them, no interruptions, and that's protected. And I'm sure you can have more than just that once a quarter time, but this is something you, you protect hardcore. Uh, am I on the right track there? Or oh, you're, you're, you're 100% on the right track. In fact, what I... And that's what I say when people say, oh, so you only hang out with your kids once a quarter. And I <laughs> you get that. But, <laughs> yeah. but what happens is the time in between now when you separate the parts to strengthen the whole mm-hmm. is more meaningful, more comfortable, more connected. Yeah. You j- it, it has more meaning to it because you're – again, that separate the parts to strengthen the whole. So we want to spend more time together as a family. I know mm-hmm. it's, it's united us more. Again, that sibling rivalry has been – taken away in a lot of ways. We're, we're more comfortable with one another. So the time in between is that much better, I believe, because of these. I know the time that my wife and I get to spend alone with one another once a week, right. our, our whole family life is way better than if we didn't do that. Um, so it's, especially for people out there, these are like the deep dives in between the shallow dives that right. go through a normal life. Uh, and for us, they've made all the difference. Another thing you mentioned too is the pizza Fridays. That that that's one of the things. Explain the pizza Friday concept or, or how that came about. Yeah, well, I think again, I've had pizza Friday since I was a little kid. My <laughs> parents picked it up at a little Italian market, and a lot of the the most successful forms of education. I'm kind of an experiential education geek. Is especially for kids the importance of rhythms, like we're talking about. And you almost simplify things. Like we have Taco Tuesday, we have Pizza Friday. Like, so there's we know what's to be expected, right? You know, and Pizza Friday for us was just a, a great breaking of bread. And then once every couple of months, my sons and I will actually buy a bunch of extra pizzas and hand them out to the homeless people in our town. And to be able to see the reaction of the people be so grateful and gracious, and my sons to see that they have nothing. And to be able to do this has just been a very powerful lesson. In fact, for kids, people say, what's when I interview entrepreneurs, they say to me, their number one concern, and it was like not 80%, not 85, like 99%. It came back when, and I've surveyed over thousands of entrepreneurs. I want my kids to appreciate what they have. That kept coming up over and over. I want my kids to appreciate what they have. Well, I want my kids to actually appreciate what they have because most of us come from first-generation wealth. We we didn't come from money. And I've found no better way, especially over the last six years of experiments and retreats, than to get kids into active participation in service and contribution for them to actually appreciate what they have. Don't keep them in a bubble. Get them involved in things out up front and personal. And by doing that, that helps instill some of the values we're concerned that they might not get since we've had a little bit of success right. uh, for ourselves. If that makes, hopefully that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. Because like I said, I have five kids and, and, and we're the same way. We're the first generation to really live very comfortable, comfortably. So to explain that is one thing, but to experience it is a completely different thing oh, because, yeah. you know, for, for, for my kids and my, I, my youngest now is 17 year old daughter and the other, or boys, but especially for her, because she grew up, you know, the iPhones always existed. Uh, Wi-Fi's always existed. She has multiple sets of clothes and shoes and stuff like that. So to experience the fact that everybody, most people, 90% of people don't have anywhere near what you have. It keeps you very grounded and appreciate what you have, but give 
more than you think you probably should. And you will always kind of balance that out. Absolutely. Uh, it makes a huge difference. And my parents meant well, and we were very middle class, but they would say, eat up, there are starving kids in China. Right. That, di- that didn't mean anything to me sitting in a middle class home in North Jersey growing up. I mean, you can't, you can't really, you're not in the experience. You, a lecture, lecture is nowhere close to as powerful as experience. So I couldn't, I couldn't comprehend that until I actually started to do service projects and see that. Um, so for, for any people out there with that concern with their kids, I think Getting them active in contribution and service is key. Uh, and you just hit on something there with the iPhones and Warren Buffett before. Another major principle of mine is if you went to sit with Warren Buffett and he was going to give you words of wisdom, would you be checking your phone? <laughs> right. Would you be checking a Facebook thread? Would you be answering a text, an email, taking this quick call? The answer is absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, and what I've found for myself and for lots of other people is we've all been hearing about this, and I, I, I practice it a lot, the um, intermittent fasting, where you're only eating for certain hours in the day because it's good for resting the organs, for weight maintenance, weight loss, um, energy. Um, so you're maybe only eating between 11 a.m. and 7 p.m., and the rest of the time it's intermittent fasting. It's actually going through the fasting process to clear out the organs lower cholesterol, all these things. What we started doing, I started talking about about two, three years ago was intermittent tech fasting um, because you have to disconnect to reconnect. And there's been studies on this in my book, Dr. Ned Hollowell from Harvard Medical. He was very good to us and very supportive where he talks about this thing called screen sucking, where we get wrapped in on a, a laptop screen or an iPhone screen and we don't even want to be on it. And we don't even realize and there's someone in front of us and we keep getting drawn in, drawn in, drawn in. So just like if you're meeting with Warren Buffett once a quarter, if you are taking a, looking at a Facebook thread or answering an email or reading a Twitter thing and retweeting, or, you're crazy. You're insane. Like, look what's in front of you, this sage yeah. advice. And this is, I mean, this is relational sage advice and sage experience with your wife and your children. So we do intermittent tech fasting. There are certain times where I'm, I, and I, I've had problems with tech where it's just that that jerk reaction, like, let me check something, let me check something, fire red entrepreneur. So there's times where I, I have to cut off, like for our, I call them quarterly board meetings, an important meeting with my kids, no electronics. That's our, that's our principle number two. We're going to do something fun of their choice, but my phone will be off and so will yours. We don't need to be tweeting or Facebooking or answering texts with someone else when it's just you and I one-on-one. And when I'm on date night with my wife, my phone is not invited. Because if so, I you get that one text about a setback at work. You get that one, you look up a Facebook thread that annoys you or whatever. It is. You've just lost connection with the most important person in your life right in front of you. So I really encourage people out there, especially coming up on the, um, you know, into the holidays and things, practice some intermittent tech fasting. If you're there with your family, put it on airplane mode. Don't get dragged in by a text or, or a useless Facebook thread that's not even that important to you anyway. <laughs> exactly. Um, or a tweet that's uh, a little bit interesting, but nowhere near as profound as the people in front of you. I'm not saying that you have to move to the woods and right. cut off all electronics, but intermittent tech fasting, give it a shot. Make right. some hours in the day. A lot of guys now that I know are doing it 5.30 to 7.30 when they get home from work. Just those two hours of space where nothing can affect you daily. That is powerful. You And you won't even believe, once you start to reflect back, you do it for a few weeks and say, I never realized how 
on and unavailable I was because I was always on and accessible to headaches at work, this and that, a useless Facebook thread, a tweet that doesn't really matter. See, all these all these things. So anyway, another big principle of mine is intermittent tech fasting. I love that concept because chances are you're not the president of the United States. You're not a, a rocket scientist or a, a heart surgeon. People don't need you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So somebody no. else will deal with it. It'll it'll work itself out. Call 911 or something. Yeah. I'm, the first time when people first, one of the hardest things when I interview back when people use our quarterly board meeting, I say to them, what was the hardest part? And they say, first, it was either scheduling it. Or second, it was how to go with four or five hours with the phone off. <laughs> right. And they feel like their business is going to blow up. And it doesn't. Yeah. Right. It doesn't. Not just, yet. We Not used to once. have board meetings at the credit union that I worked at. And uh, one of the rules were you couldn't bring a cell phone in there because, you know, it's a board meeting. We, we've got things we got to deal with. So if you're yeah. going to apply that principle at work, why wouldn't you do it with your kids or your wife or, you know, in that sense? So exactly. I love the book. I love the concept of it. What's the best way to uh, get a hold of you if somebody wants to dig a little deeper into this? Yeah. If you want to uh, reach out and see more of what we do, just go to 18summers.com. You can see the different talks, workshops, and things we do to help entrepreneur families. Or you can join us on Facebook, ask to join our private Facebook group, which is uh, pretty active. And we just share some ups, downs, and uh, tactics and strategies with a group of families that are are kind of committed to do more with their family than most people will. Right. I, I love that. And, you know, there's there's no excuse for not taking advantage of this. Even if you're like, well, you know, I'm not going to be like Jim. I'm not going to go all in 100%. Do a couple of little things like you were saying. Just try it for a week or two and, and see what happens. And just you look back and say, hey, was this worth it? And I, I guarantee it's going to be worth it because most of the things you mentioned, you know, I've used in my own life and I know are successful. So just give a couple of them a try and, and see what happens. Yeah, that's it. Small steps. Just try it and see how it tastes after you eat it. And <laughs> most, most people are pretty satisfied after they do. I love that. And you can get the book on Amazon or wherever you like to buy books, but go to 18summers.com and get a hold of Jim and find out how he can maybe help change some of the rhythms in your life. So I really appreciate you coming on with us today and getting to know you. And we'll definitely be in touch and uh, see how things are going with you. Excellent. Well, I appreciate it, guys. It's always good chatting, and I wish you the best. If you like everything you heard in this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 156. There you'll see links to Jim's website, as well as links to where you can purchase a copy of his book, The Family Board Meeting, for yourself, for a family member, for a friend, that neighbor across the street. In fact, that's the best way you can support our show, is to share our episodes with other people whom you feel would connect with and benefit from the, the things we're talking about. We're so glad you joined us this week. And until next week, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Cap Show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial 
with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.